Welcome back to Season 2 of FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. Today's episode is powered by the amazing team at Brad Andrews Landscaping. You can check them out at bradandrewslandscaping.com.au. And now, on with the show. If you or a loved one need mental health assistance or are experiencing a mental health crisis, call Lifeline 24-7 on 13 11 14. Hello and welcome to FYI, All Things Mental Wellness. Our guest today is our first ever identical twin on the podcast. She's one of four siblings and loves the great outdoors. She has a passion for exploring nature, loves bushwalking, dragon boating and enjoys growing her own veggies, plants and oyster mushrooms. Helping others and the community is important to her, hence why she joined the Army Reserves for 12 years where she was involved in a peacekeeping mission in East Timor. She then went on and joined the New South Wales Police Force, and during her 17-plus years, she endured multiple incidences which ultimately led to her being medically retired and an all-but-common diagnosis of PTSD. Luana Magenti, welcome to FYI. Hi, Nadia. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Oh, no worries. (laughs) Pleasure. Thank you for coming. So a couple of firsts today, first identical twin and first time I've ever flown solo. So Dave, my co-host, couldn't be here today, unfortunately, so it's me. So yeah, let's see you'll how be, that you'll goes. You'll be right. Yeah, I'll be fine. <laughs> so welcome. Let's let's talk. A, I like giving our listeners a bit of a, an idea of what growing up was like. So obviously you're an ex-Myrtleford girl as well. Yeah, sure am. Yeah, grew up in Myrtleford yeah. and loved the great outdoors because we didn't have too much more when we were growing up. So No, we were spoilt for choice, weren't yeah, we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So what was growing up like? You're one of four. Oh, look, I'm grateful for my growing up. Great parents that gave me opportunities to just sort of do what we did. We had that freedom and we had that environment to explore and sort of discover ourselves and just enjoy life. Yep. So, yeah, very grateful that I had yeah. that opportunity. So, Magenti, your father was Italian? Yep, and yep. mum was Australian. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, nice. So, and that's refreshing to hear because, you know, being given the opportunity to explore, not all us Italian <laughs> second generation <laughs> had that same opportunity. Yep. So, that is refreshing to hear. So one of four, where do you and your identical twin fit? Well, I'm probably number three, five minutes. Five minutes five apart. Five minutes apart. So, yeah, I am the elder of, of the of two. Of the two. And, and I am then, the bossier one, so, yeah. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> and then where's the other two, boys? Uh, two brothers. Yeah. Um, yeah, that are older. Two older brothers. Yeah. Okay, fantastic. So, yeah, great outdoors, you know, like exploring, but what I I'm, I want to tap into is your love of helping people, you know, Army Reserve first. Yeah. How did that all come about? I guess because I had the two older brothers that joined the Army Defence Force and then seeing them sort of it seemed like fun and um, obviously an opportunity come up for me to be a reservist. Um, I wasn't sure at that stage whether I wanted to do it full-time or not, so 
I decided to just uh, put my foot in the water and um, see what the reserves were like and great opportunities there. Yeah, 12 years there and enjoyed it. Yeah, and, and a it. peacekeeping um, mission in East Timor. Tell us a bit about that. Yeah, um, I've probably got to be careful with what I say there, but look, it was an opportunity that not too many reservists get, I guess. Being a reserve unit, we did have the opportunity to do a support sort of services over there. It was just over six months I did, or six months. Wow. And um, look, a lovely bunch of people um, got to explore the the area and, well, I've yeah, I'm going to say it, but I was basically a glorified taxi driver being in the transport yep. corps. <laughs> so, yeah, taking people, taking other soldiers around and doing what we had to do, but yep. also seeing the landscape and experiencing the culture. So, yeah, yeah wow. it was a great experience and good memories from there. So how old were you when you went over there? Did you got me on the maths there. Yeah. I went over in 2012. Yeah, righto. Yeah. Hurry up, do the math. I can't. How I, old were I, should have fa- I should have failed math. <laughs> no, so, no, no, no. It's all good. You would have been in your early 20s? Yeah, something like that. I yeah. Think. Yeah, okay. Because that, that's a big that's a big step to take, being a young girl from Myrtleford and packing up and going to East Timor. So, yeah, good yeah. on you. That's brave. Yeah, opportunities come and I sort of take them. Yeah. You know, they come for a reason. I go, yeah, why not try it? Yeah. So, yeah. So, 12 years, that's a long stint. Yeah, it was fun though. When you're young, everything's fun. Um, yep. Doing your exercises out bush and camping and stuff, it's all it's all fun all and right games. up your alley. Especially if you've grown up with that sort of environment yep. and had that experience. Yeah, lots of opportunities are given to you mm-hmm. in the Army Reserves, different areas you can transfer to if you're not enjoying one or the other. So, yeah. Excuse my ignorance, but the Army Reserve, is, is that something you can do full-time and or is it purely a... You, you've got to dedicate so many, um, you know, I think it was when I was there, it was like one day, a Tuesday, every Tuesday you dedicate a oh, night right. sort of thing. And then once a month you dedicate a weekend and then you might have exercises which could go for a bit longer. Okay. Like, or you do courses that might go for a couple of weeks or whatever they go for. So, right. yeah, it's pretty sort of pretty flexible, but they do ask that you give so many days yeah. a year and you can request more if you've got you know, the got the freedom and time. And yeah. yeah so. so what were you doing whilst you were doing that? Because you studied as well, yeah? Yeah. So I studied first and um, got a degree in graphic design Yep. and then decided it, I didn't want to be stuck in the city. It wasn't really me. I wanted to go back to the country. And so I thought, well, what can I do that's sort of outdoorsy and, and a bit like that? So I ended up joining the Army Reserves and it was a decision from there whether I joined the police force or – go full-time Army Reserve. Yep. So if I didn't get into the police force, I yep. was going to try full-time Army. Army. Yeah, yeah Defence right. Force. Yeah. So you studied, you did your course, you're still in the Reserve. So w- anything else you were doing whilst you were in the Reserve? Yeah, I was basically just a labourer. Yep. <laughs> so I was, I was, you know, working at Nightingale Apples in the yep. um, Buckland Valley there. Yep. Picking apples and chestnuts and doing all that sort of labourish work. And yep. then I... Worked for a contractor that worked for Parks Victoria, so oh, yeah. we had fires up that way, and um, it was a matter of fixing fire, like walking tracks and clearing trees and all sorts of things, basically. Yeah, but right. Spraying weeds and all that sort of stuff. Yep. Pine planting, all different things. Yep. So yeah, ah. but I thought, yeah, I can't do that forever. It's quite taxing on your body. Yeah, absolutely. While you're fit and young, it's okay. But I thought, yep. look, I I couldn't keep it as a career. I need to do something else. So. 
yeah, that's why. Yeah, right. Went. So why New South Wales Police? Do you want to know the real answer? <laughs> <laughs> I actually couldn't get into the Victorian police. <laughs> I couldn't get police. in the big pole. So New South Wales was dumb enough to take me. Sorry, yeah. New South Wales, but, yeah, that's what happened. That, um, that's pretty common, though. I know a few people that have had a similar journey. Yeah. So is it – it's it's obviously well known. It, it is a little bit harder to get into Vic police or no? Or? Oh, probably not. It's just the way they they test test you to get okay. in. It didn't suit suit me. So yep. because I had a degree behind me, I think New South Wales at the time, you had to have a degree or trade behind you. They were looking at that sort of thing and that yeah. might have helped and whatever. But, yeah, I've managed to get into New South Wales. So Yeah, right. That's, that's interesting. the only reason. I didn't know. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I don't know what the criteria is now. Yeah. Out of the loop, but, yeah. Yep. So here comes this little girl from the bush who's been picking apples and living the life and all of a sudden you're you're in the New South Wales Police Force. So training, I assume, was at Goulburn? Yep. And then where was your first posting? Um, I went to Penrith at the bottom Penrith? of the Blue Mountains and loved it. Yeah, it was a great wow. experience. Yeah, okay. How long were you there for? Um, so I did my three-year sort of tenure there before an opportunity come up at Aubrey, New South Wales there. But love Penrith. It's just I had all my family and a partner at the time down here and I just wanted to get closer to home. Yep. But loved it. Yeah, it was a yeah, right. great environment to start there. start my career in. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Beautiful. So tell us, I mean, the, the introduction obviously alluded to the fact that you had some incidences. You, you don't need to talk about the incidences directly, but, but I guess – where my interest comes from is is it is a very common diagnosis from police officers to come out with PTSD or similar. So can you can you give us a, a bit of information or not not even information, just some things where things started moving and shifting for you where you thought life was starting to change mentally, I guess. Yeah, no, no dramas. Look, I think you start off, I think the analogy is like there's a bucket and depending on your childhood upbringing and other experiences that you have through life, that bucket could already be, have a little bit of water in it. And then as you go through your police career, which silly me, being naive, didn't realise this was going to happen. It's not something that they tell you about. They may now, when you're going through the academy, that all the uh, events and incidences that you go through can have an impact on you and you don't know when it's going to fill up your bucket to that point where you can't take it anymore. So probably about 2015, I changed from a proactive unit into highway patrol, all excited, new change, thought great. Unfortunately, I had some colleagues that weren't so supportive and experienced bullying and gaslighting and um, it was quite a toxic environment, but I didn't realise at the time. And being a, a new person in that unit, you don't want to ruffle feathers. So you just bite your tongue and, you know, you suppress how you're feeling and, and whatnot and um, keep going because you want to be mm. there. So, yeah. Yeah, ultimately you you, you wanted to be a police officer. You, you, yeah, by nature, that's why you got into it, to yep. make a difference to people in the community. Yeah. And they looked like they were having fun doing their job sort of thing. So... 
a change is always good when you get a bit stale or you're not enjoying yeah, something. Yeah, of course. It's good to jump ship and try something else. So, yeah, I plotted through that. Um, so, so how did you navigate that? So did you just suppress and deal with it? or well, did A lot of the time I did suppress it um, until it got to a point where someone might ask me how I'm going and unfortunately I'd break down and break into tears and, and talk about the particular bullies or what I was experiencing. And it was hard because, you know, there's comments there that if you're seen crying, you look weak, you know, things like mm-hmm. that, which we know is not true. So, yeah. So it was, it was hard. You know, the only way to have anything done was to put in a complaint. But as I said, I was new to the unit and I didn't want to go down that path because you know what happens to other people mm. when they make a complaint. And yeah, it's not, not quite nice. So yeah. 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 Fair enough. So can you talk a bit about the bullying, you know, and, and the gaslighting and, and, you know. Yeah. Look, it's, it's a hard one. Um, you know, there's some decent lovely people in in the police force Mm -hmm. Um, they're there for a genuine reason and do want to help like I did but then there's others I don't know what what happens but it seems like they just have these big egos and they need to feed those egos and that's whether that's through bullying or picking on others I'm not sure like yeah but Mm. but it happens it's quite a toxic culture you're with you're with your colleagues for you know between 8 10 12 hours a day normally 12 and you get to know a person really well. Mm. And when someone's doing that and you've got to work with them and confront certain incidences that you have to confront, it, it's quite hard to work together, but you have to. Yeah. So and, you and do suppress a lot of yeah. how you're feeling and you try not to show it because, yep. yeah, it's not good to the public. That's yeah. right. And and as you're saying that, Luana, I'm thinking it's it's unacceptable in any industry in any environment at all but when you're dealing with some of the things and 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 some of the incidences that you need to attend to far out like that's just brick on brick isn't it yeah and that's I think that's why you suppress it but look every business has their bully gaslighter troublemaker whatever you want to call it um that makes it hard for others but yeah look I think management and leadership has a lot a lot to answer for, unfortunately. Like, I think more can be done. Yes, there's policies and procedures in place, but I think they're just a blanket or band-aid thing, mm. as in they're there to protect them but not the person sort of making the complaint or being bullied. So, Or they're in place because they have to be in they place. They have to, but I, I think they could be utilised more and I don't think they're utilised enough in the sense that things are swept under the carpet or ignored or... They're placed back on the person who's experiencing that in the sense that, you know, someone might lie about was what actually happened or what was said or whatever. So that person who's experiencing the bullying goes starts questioning themselves as yeah, well, you know. Of Is there something wrong with me? Am I, you know, dreaming it? What's going on sort yeah. of thing? So, yeah. So what was – did you feel there was support at an immediate level? So – or I hope not, but was some of those people your management? Yeah, look, you know, I'll probably get myself into trouble for saying it. There is some support through other colleagues, but again, management, I felt, put things in place, you know, mediation and other things, but I think more could have been done. Again, okay. it was swept under the carpet. Yeah. What about services that you've got available to you? Yeah, there's, there's a number of services. Now, you got me there, but it's the – Employee Assistance Program, yep. 
which is sort of like a telephone, might be online now, yep. um, where you can call counsellors or psychologists yep. or and, and speak to them. Unfortunately with that, though, you can't always get them when you need them. Mm. And sometimes they say the wrong things that put you in a worse position in a sense. So it depends who you get and what qualifications they have. Mm. And they're all over Australia or wherever they are. Yeah, Some okay. are good and some aren't so good, but. Yep. Yeah, look. Like any it, service, yeah. I guess, that's, yeah, it's finding the right one. So when did you, you know, how many years into policing were you starting to experience this where you knew probably, you know, in a mental capacity where you were starting to see some changes and what were those changes? As in changes to my mental to, health? Yeah. Yeah, probably about. I'd say 15 years or so. Into? Yeah. I'm just trying to do the quick maths because I yeah. told you I wasn't good at maths. Yeah. So Sorry. So 10. Sorry, about 10, 10 years. Because you did a total of 17 years yeah. and three months. Maths is my thing, by the way. <laughs> um, and so about 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. In. So you, you, you weren't a newcomer. And not no, that that makes no. it okay either. No. You know, obviously it doesn't make it okay. So I'm just trying to get in the headspace. So- how do you navigate? Like you're on highway patrol and you're working with someone who's, you know, been an absolute prick to you or has, you know, f- performed some f- sort of bullying act or exclusion act. How do you go out and, and do your job when you work so closely with someone in, in such an important critical role to our community? How, yeah. how do you do that? I don't, I don't know how I, I managed. It was hard going to work. You know, you felt sick. And you were anxious and you didn't want to work with that particular person. So it did have a big impact on your health, mental health. I don't know. You just sort How'd of- How'd you cope? I don't know the answer, but I just you just sort of suck it up basically, which isn't the right way to do it. As I said, if you speak up, you're considered like a troublemaker. And yeah, so you, you just shut up basically. And put up with it. That's bullshit. Unless you want to go down the path of making Mm. complaints. Mm. Um, That's where I think management and leadership could have stepped in more and and done anything. But look, I think if if you dealt with a lot of the inside stuff, we'd probably look like an incompetent bunch of idiots, to be honest, because there's a lot in-house that Mm. probably get me in trouble. But yeah, that's the truth that, Mm. yeah, they don't have time to deal with all the personality clashes and managing people that don't get along. So it's quite hard because they're busy themselves, the managers and leaders. So yeah, I don't know what the answer is because if yeah. I did, I'd, I'd certainly suggest it. But look, the, they do a good job in that environment, but I think more can be done. Yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. And and in particular, the last, you know, four or five years where a lot of businesses are, are short-staffed, understaffed, under the pump, Again, it doesn't make it okay, but some things fall through the crack and unfortunately yeah. when it comes to physical or mental health, it's just not good enough. No. So how did Luana go home and, you know, did how did that manifest for you in a person, like you as a person away from your work, you know, you've had a partner, you've got a partner and you have all these other activities. How how did that all manifest outside of work? Yeah, look, I, you don't realise that you take it home and unfortunately your partner or your family cops it with your attitude and withdrawing from social events or 
not wanting to see certain, you know, people doing things. So, yeah, at the time it took a while to realise that's what you're doing and when you speak to other people you might come across as harsh or not giving a shit because you're desensitised from, you know, you're nearly robotic in some sense, I feel like. You don't realise at the time but you do become robotic that you sort of desensitise and put it to one side or suppress it. So, yeah. I guess you probably have to, don't you? I mean- can only assume some of the things you need to deal with or things that you are exposed to visually that you would need to desensitize but, and and look black humors yeah. a good thing for yeah. a lot of us i yeah. mean you know other people might think otherwise but it helps in that environment it to helps to have a joke about what you're dealing with or what yeah. you've experienced or yeah but look i think exercise definitely Helps me getting out into nature is a big thing. Yep. And just, yeah, sort of letting it go. But yeah. And hence why you do do a lot out of, you know, in the wildlife and in that sporting and fitness. It's obviously your way of, of releasing. What about other relationships and things? So, not directly, say, family or a partner. Do you think they suffered externally? Oh, uh, yeah. I lost friends over what I went through. Yeah. And I did feel alone in that environment. I had some great male colleagues. Unfortunately, I didn't really have female support in the unit, I don't feel. But yeah, certainly some of the male colleagues were great, but I did lose friends mm. and people as a result. Just through lack of understanding, do you think, or lack of empathy? And- yeah, I think both, to be honest. As I said, there's, yeah, there is some people in that environment that have big egos and they do only think about themselves, but then there's some really lovely, mm. decent people also, mm. which, yeah, they're great. So, again, I'm, I'm you know, the not Luana, the, the copper, Luana, the, the normal person, the twin sister, the partner, the daughter. How else did you, did, did you seek help? Did, did you see a psychologist, psychiatrist? Did you, you know, you're happy to share anything else? Yeah, 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 no worries. You know, I want to um, know. So I did try the um, employee assistance program. Yeah. So, and I, I had a couple of good people, but as I said, when I needed them, I couldn't get them. You had to wait. So that sort of didn't help. And then, well, firstly, before I had to see a psychologist in a sense, I did have an incident where I was attacked and that filled the bucket up more, I guess. Okay, so, so yeah. attacked in a work As in situation. I was working on duty and, yeah. and I was ass- assaulted by someone. Sure. Yeah. So that added to my bucket at the time. I thought I was coping, but that sort of sent me down a downward path. Yeah, so then after that I just sort of – broke down and I just, I didn't feel like myself, basically. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to, I was scared of turning up to fatalities. So yeah, I thought, no, look, something's got to be done. I Mm. I can't keep going like this. I've never experienced it before. I didn't know what was happening in a sense. Um, And then I seeked help. So Yourself or through, through work channels? Well, look, it was suggested to get some, get some help. And That's I, refreshing. Yeah, and I That's did. good. So, yeah. Yeah, it was encouraging, <laughs> but the way they went about it was a okay. bit, yeah, yeah, not so encouraging in the sense. But, yeah, it, in the end it was it was good. I'm glad I got the help from good psych- psychologists and went down that path. Yeah. 
but unfortunately got to the stage where I had to be medically retired as a result of just the death and destruction, being assaulted, bullying. It, as I said, that bucket filled up to the top and my limit was done. So it was overflowing and I had to make that call that it was no longer for me. Mm. Yeah. I like that analogy and it's a really simple one. I think one we can all relate to in any situation and we've all got that filter, don't we? Yeah. You know, when enough is enough, yep. it's 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 enough. Yeah. Yep. I'm sorry to hear that that's how your journey is ending with the force, but, yeah, it's not an uncommon story, which I, I don't even know how you, you could ever try to fix. By nature, I'm a fixer, and I think how can you, even if you just think to yourself, how could you fix that? I mean, at the end of the day, the stuff that you're exposed to, I don't know that there's any form of therapy that could ever stop that happening. Yes, there's there's therapy and there's medications and there's things like that can that can assist. Do do you believe it can assist? Do you oh, believe yeah. PTSD can be cured or well managed or what? What, what Look, are your I, thoughts? I'm, I'm no doctor or medical no. expert, but you know, there's going to be some people that will be able to manage it, and some people probably won't be able to manage it, depending on. Their circumstances, everyone's unique and different. Look, in the end, you sort of can only help yourself. The resources that are available are tools to you to assist you, but in the end, you've got to make that call and help yourself and find the passion again and and what you really love after going through all that sort of trauma and and whatnot, um, but unfortunately, not not. I, I agree with you there. In you know, you've got to want to help yourself. But let's forget you for one moment. You know, like you said, everyone's unique. Yeah. Some people don't have the family, the the friends support, the financial, the finances that are required for the help that's required, and time off work and things like that. So. It's only true to a certain point you've got to yeah, help true. yourself because some yeah. people don't so have the no. ability to help themselves. No. And I guess that's... Yeah. I don't know what the answer is. As I said, everyone is different and unique and some things will work for some and some will of work course. for others. But like you said, if they don't have the funding behind them, it's quite expensive mm. to see psychologists. Of course. Um, so a lot of people are missing out on getting that help that they deserve, Yeah, which is really unfortunate. Yeah, it is. It's sad. Yeah. So when were you formally diagnosed approximately? So is that something that's fairly recent? Um, So probably in 2021, after I went off work, I was diagnosed. It was sort of early days there and you're in quite a bad state. So, yeah, that's when I was diagnosed probably. Are you comfortable in in sharing with us what those – that? bad state was, you know, what, oh, what look, did a day I didn't, look I didn't like? Want you- it. Yeah, exactly. I was in the dark hole. I wanted to go to bed and not wake up. I'll admit I, I'm not the type that wants to harm myself. I am gutless and, and I don't feel that I could ever do that. But I did resort to alcohol and I did withdraw from friends and family and other things and, and being active and socialising. I was fearful of my workplace and Coming across a police car would terrify me in a sense, thinking, oh, who's in the car and who's going to see me? So there's a lot of things there that, yeah. A lot of triggers. Yeah, there's a lot of triggers. And the easiest way not to deal with it was to fall asleep and not wake up because I couldn't 
take any other me- I didn't want to do anything else to my to harm myself sort of thing. I still wanted to exist, but I was I thought that's the easiest way to say goodbye. So yeah. And there's still days that I still want to just go to sleep and not wake up depending on what sort of day you're having, yeah. That's the easiest way for me. So mm, that's tough, isn't it? Oh yeah, everyone everyone has their there bit they of do. toughness where they don't maybe want to be here. Everyone's got trauma and experiences, not just first responders or police. No, not um, at all. So, yeah, if if we can be a bit more open about it and <laughs> help each other out, absolutely. Do Do you feel overall you have improved from from diet? So at your worst stage, obviously, have a look at you. You you know you look like you're beaming. You're yeah, still thanks. fit, healthy, beautiful young girl, but <laughs> Do you feel that there you've made yeah, some there's, big ground? There's definitely light at the end of the, there's been a light at the end of the tunnel for me. It's not there for everyone and, and you don't know how long it's gonna take or if you're gonna come out of that dark hole. But lucky for me I did have my passions of outdoor activities and stuff which helped me get through it and some good support in a partner and f- some fa- and family so yep. yeah, and friends. What about when you have one of those bad days that you speak of now? How do you deal with that? Do you still look, I, I have acknowledge a drink? It. Oh, look, I've cut back on the drinking. It's, it's not the answer for me. I was never a big drinker, but I did like the taste of it, so I could have easily become an alcoholic, but I just have to stop myself because I still want to be here. I guess I wanted to know in those dark days because I'm not naive to think that you're cured from PTSD. I have my own thoughts on that, but I'm not naive enough to think that, you know, every day's a great day either and I understand that. But how how do you today cope with one of those dark days that you speak of? Yep, so it's, it still happens. drinking as much. Yeah, yeah it still course. happens and I'm not, I'm not drinking as much, but – you know, if I'm having a down day I'll, and I want to stay in bed, I'll, I'll do that. I won't punish myself for it. Um, I sort of just listen to myself more and just acknowledge that's how I'm feeling and, and, yeah, don't have any pressure to do something I don't want to do or be someone I don't want to be at the time I'm feeling like that. So, yeah, just acknowledging it and, and being kind to yourself, you know. Mm, good on you because mm. that must be – that must be a long road to get to that point as well. Yeah, there's a lot of guilt too. Like if you're yeah. not doing anything and, and you are just laying in bed watching Netflix or whatever you're doing, you do have a lot of guilt, like especially if you've never been in that situation mm. before. But, yeah, I've slowly learned to go, well, that's how I feel today and I have to acknowledge that and accept it and and just be kind. Yeah, that's that's mm. really good advice. And I guess also, did you have any guilt as far as, because you wouldn't have been working for some time either. How did that sort of go with you mentally? Yeah, look, I still have a lot of guilt about not not working. I've always been a worker from a young age, you know, helping dad. So it's hard not to work and contribute to society, but sort of be paid while you're not working in a sense because you're not well. I'm lucky I am in a system where I do get paid and I can- For being unwell. For being unwell, whereas a lot of people don't get, get that. So mm. I am grateful that's to true. the industry I'm in that they've given me that opportunity. But yeah, there's a lot of guilt there accepting money and being paid while I'm not giving back to society or contributing, especially since I enjoy helping others and 
sort of that thing. Mm. Yeah, and it's easy for me to sit back and say, but that very same job that you love doing has created this as well. So it's it's payment for suffering, I guess. Yeah, look, and I sense. say I chose to be there, but I was naive thinking that it would be a long-term career and it would see me out to retirement. Unfortunately, it didn't. For some, it does. Um, for others, it doesn't. So Yeah, I think you're yeah. being a bit tough there about being naive as well because – we all have hopes and dreams and, and, you know, obviously the police force was one of yours as well. You, you don't want to go in glass half empty either. No. <laughs> you, you want to go in with aspirations and plenty of people have a long, you know, yeah. successful career. career. The, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. Um, everyone's different and you don't know how long you're going to have in such a career, but make sure you have a plan B, I think. Yeah, Have absolutely. a plan B in case, in case your bucket gets full quicker than you expected. Yeah. Yeah. So can you see yourself working down the track? Is that something that's, it's, you know. Look, I'd like to say, yeah, I'd love to be able to say that I hope to do that down the track. I can't give it a time period or anything. I don't know when that's going to be, but definitely I'd love to be able to get back to working and contributing to society. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. I bet. Yeah, definitely. So... If someone said to you, I'm thinking of getting into the police force, <laughs> what would you say? <laughs> if they wanted to, do, I'd say join, have a go, but definitely have a plan B if it's not, not for you or yeah. you, you don't enjoy it sort of thing. Or, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I wouldn't discourage people from joining. There's lots of opportunities there too. So, yeah, definitely. That's right. And it, it's it's like all career paths. It's, yeah, there's there's good and bad with everything. And, yeah, your story is only your story, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, but it is a story we hear fairly frequently, which is, is of concern. Yeah. Um, Josh, have you got any questions you'd like to throw at Luana? I do have one, and that's in the context of working police. There's not many jobs that come with the day-to-day potential stresses and it's not like you ever have any foresight as to what those stresses might be. Do you think that contributes to the feeling you have around those other members of your team that why are you adding this on top of everything we already have to deal with? (laughs) Like this job is impossible already and now there's unnecessary and unfair personal things that are getting injected into an already flammable yeah. situation. No, I totally agree. Look, you don't oh. need the extra stress or or anything added to your day-to-day job because, like you said, you don't know what each day is going to bring or what you're going to have to confront. Um, and, yeah, to have the extra bit of bullying or toxic environment, whatever you want to say, adds to it, which you don't need. You're right. Yeah. It's exactly what I thought earlier when she was saying it, Josh. Like, isn't this fucking job hard enough? Yeah. Like, we're here to help people. We're here to help the community. Yeah, absolutely. Good question. What about on a alternative um, help and self-help or anything that that isn't mainstream, I guess? Yeah, Have have you gone down that path? Look, I went down that path only because I tried medication and- just did not like it. So I did. Can I just ask, yeah, you, yeah. you say did not like it. Did, did the, you have some side effects? Yeah, just or? the way it changed you as a person and, and the side effects. Didn't enjoy it. Like normally I'm quite healthy and I just, yeah, I didn't want to go down that path if okay. I could help it. So 
I did look at alternatives and um, kinesiology was one of them. And, yeah, don't ask me exactly what it is, but it's sort of an... I know a little just, bit about kinesiology. Just get, your, just get everyone to look it up. But yeah, yeah, look, yeah. I found that worked for me. Yep. And I've I've done it for a few years now. I also looked at EMDR. EMDR. Which is eye movement desensitisation yep. and reprocessing. Yep. And to give you a little bit of background on what it is, for that, for me, that worked. It doesn't work for everyone, but for me, I found that worked. And basically, I'm just going to quote it, but... It works on unprocessed memories from past disturbing experiences and trauma, which contain emotions, thoughts, beliefs, and physical sensations that occurred at the time of the event. When the memories are triggered, these stored disturbing elements are experienced and cause symptoms of PTSD and or other disorders. So the therapy focuses directly on the memory and is intended to change the way that the memory is stored in the brain, thus reducing and eliminating the problematic symptoms. So as I said, it, it doesn't work for everyone. And when I first tried it, I thought, oh, this is a load of BS. Yeah. Um, it was a weird experience, but it did help move traumatic experiences. And I don't think about them as much now or at all. So for me, it worked, but it may not work for everyone. So eye movement. So obviously, it, as the name suggests. Yeah. So what, what do you do? You sit there and someone. So you sit. I sat sat there and I was given these two little devices that vibrate, which were really Ooh. weird. <laughs> we won't go down that and path. And where were they? In your hands, they were in right? My, yep, in my yep. hands. And then you'd be thinking about an event and the motions that it brings up or, or the experience, and it'd be just alternating between both hands. The vibration would alternate, so your eyes are sort of going left, right, so left, right. So do your eyes have to follow? You sort of, yeah. Or it happens automatically? Well, yeah, they do sort of just okay. – it just happens for me. So you're just sort of going with it. But, yeah, they encourage you to yeah. – Wow. So it's, a, it's it was weird, but I must admit it did work for you me. You had some success. Yeah. yeah. So – Whatever works. That's right. So, yeah. And then I did look, look into the path of um, – probably shouldn't be discussing it, but psilocybin and magic mushrooms. Oh, no, please do. Yeah. Please so, do. Unfortunately, it's hard to get on a program. Yep. It's only it, – not long – I think it was July – come into place, but there's still a lot of work to be done. Because we've got some trials. We've had some trials done in Melbourne. Yep. Tell us a bit. Oh, look, I don't know exactly, but, yeah. My my uh, knowledge is that it's more for people that have been diagnosed with a terminal illness at this stage. Overseas they're doing more stuff, I, I believe, with PTSD and psilocybin and mm. they've had some success but it's still going to – it's got a long way to go. Yeah. So, yeah. My very, you know, limited understanding on it is it's had success with PTSD patients who are – what's the word where medication doesn't work? There is a word. <laughs> You're asking me. The yeah. Wrong, okay. asking the wrong person. Okay. No, there, there is a word. Yeah, it's something like that. It's a little bit, yeah, anyway, there is a word. And they've had some success with patients who are non, what was the word you just used, Josh? Resistant, Resistant to, with, yeah, the to mainstream medication. Yeah. So, yeah, let, let's hope, let's hope we make some future. ground yeah. on yeah. that. Um, it's early days, though. Yeah. Overseas, definitely, it seems to be successful. You might need to fly overseas and <laughs> have a trip. 
I might have just a trip. Go, have two trips. <laughs> might have to learn to grow my own, eh? Yeah, no, that's we don't right. say that sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's fantastic yeah. that you seem open to obviously Both. your mainstream and some alternative therapy, and you know you're open enough to admit. You know, you don't know much about kinesiology, but hey, you've had some success out of it. So if it helps, I just can't give you a description of it because people will probably think it's a bit woo-woo. So yeah, if they look it up, it'll be better. For yeah, them just to read it themselves. Yeah, absolutely. And we do have my some, interpretation. <laughs> yeah, we do have some very good kinesiologists here on the border as well that are quite yeah. well known. So so yeah, now the alternative options have have worked for me, giving you uh, some relief. Un- yeah, it's just unfortunate that they're not part of the work cover process in a sense they're not covered which is fine because you want to get better so you'll do anything you can to try and manage what you're going through or to get better so yeah so through your work cover I'm assuming that's your your GPs your psychs and things like that only yeah okay anyway maybe it'll change but anyway yeah (laughs) you're a very very I've got lots of words but brave is one because um, I think it's very brave, one, to talk about your experience and it's, you know, for a young girl who's been medically released, discharged, however you refer to it, is tough and coming to share your story and and, and give hope to similar sufferers is huge because it is an area I think, unfortunately, is all too common. So... Kudos to you. Yeah, no, thanks, Nadia. But look, as I said, I'm average Joe Blow and there's plenty of other officers, first responders or other people in any workplace that have probably got more exciting stories and other things to comment. But look, if I can um, encourage others to just be open about what they're going through and not be scared, whatever, yeah, that's why I'm doing it. Great advice. Yeah. Yeah. Just be, be open to it and be kind to yourself. Look after you first, like... I give it to people going through it with families and other things because it's hard just looking after yourself then alone having to look after young young children or a young family and a, a wife or husband or whatever. So, yeah, I give it to those people that are – I've got it a bit easier in that sense. So, yeah, mm. give it to them too. Get the yeah, but the, in some sense that can be harder too because you, you don't have that immediate, immediate, True. you know, yeah. response there of, of a child or, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. Kudos. So we like to end with a bit of lightness to okay. our pod. <laughs> I reckon I'll know the answer to a lot of these before I even ask them, but <laughs> we'll ask them anyway and we'll pretend we're surprised. No worries. Go for it. So are you a camper or a five-star? A camper. No, I'll love five-star too. So go both. Under five stars. Yeah, go both. Both? Yeah. Wow. Pineapple on pizza, yes or no? Definitely. Definitely. Are you an early riser or a night owl? No, early riser. Beach or snowfields? Oh, I like both, but I'm yeah. Get, yeah, I don't get to go to the beach much, so I would like both. So yep. it has to be the snowfields. Lager or craft beer? Uh, or neither? Yeah, probably neither. <laughs> Screwed up your face there. <laughs> Sorry. So I'm tipping neither. Give me the sweet stuff any day. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is, and it's it's always a bit funny how we say it. We have a different way of saying it. But one day in 50, 60 years' time on your little tombstone, what would be a nice 
sentence that you'd like on there for people to remember you as or or, or a you know a word of advice what what can we to be honest I'd like to be buried with my ass up so everyone can kiss me goodbye but no I can't say that but anyway um well you can look, you did look I, I don't really have anything you know I'm happy just making sure I live a full life and making the most of it because it's only a short time we're here so Good yeah advice. I've got nothing there but I do have something if I can. Oh, it's only a little thing, but go ahead. Look, it's I'm not. Yeah, I don't know. It's just go it's ahead. a little quote I've got here that I have quoted from someone. It's an yep. unknown author, but yeah, if I can. Just oh, say of that, course. That's all I've got. So it's easy to judge. It's more difficult to understand. Understanding requires compassion, patience, and a willingness to believe that good hearts sometimes choose poor methods. Through judging, we separate. Through understanding, we grow. So unknown author, but, yeah, it just says a lot. So I wouldn't mind ending that's on that path. That's beautiful. But yeah. You made me cry. Oh, no. No, that's You, that's do, you do a great job with Thank what you're you. doing and giving us Thanks the opportunity to tell us a story. There's many more out, many more people out there that I hope can open up and be honest um, with people. As I said, I'm only an ordinary citizen like yeah, you, all of you, us. everyone. I'm no better or worse. So, yeah. Thanks, Nadia. Thanks, Thanks you, champion. This episode was edited by Dead Set Podcasting. If you want your podcast to sound this good, check out deadsetpodcasting.com forward slash services. Get the sound you're chasing.